Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. He konai purangi tēnei nā te reo irirangi o Aotearoa. Hello, I'm Simon Morris. One of the great things about the movies, as I've said more than once before, is that you can go somewhere else for a couple of hours, somewhere unfamiliar, even occasionally alien. The old saying goes, the past is another country. They do things differently there. But another country is also another country, like this week, the Netherlands. Among the things they do differently in the land of my birth, long story, I'll tell it another time, is they have pancakes and sausages for breakfast. According to a film called Oink, the Dutch can't imagine eating anything else first thing in the morning. This is Oink. No, it's going to be a disaster. Mom, come on. Okay. There will be rules. Another joy of cinematic international travel, aside from culinary novelty, is the chance to bask in a better climate. For instance, there's a reason that the touring Italian film festival does such good business in our winter. All those Mediterranean comedies and romances. But there are other movie locations aside from the merely geographical. We get the chance to see how people think somewhere else, even in places that we thought we knew. I'm thinking of the United States, in particular the so-called American dream. Was it ever just life, liberty and the pursuit of happiness? Money flows freely here now. I do love that money, sir. (laughs) (laughs) Well, what used to pay for Thomas Jefferson's dream has become the dream itself. I'm old enough to remember when any character whose only interest was the accumulation of vast sums of money generally wore a black hat and was shunned by the better class of citizen. You sit around here and you spin your little webs and you think the whole world revolves around you and your money. Well, it doesn't, Mr. Potter. In the... In the whole vast configuration of things, I'd say you were nothing but a scurvy little spider. But now the love of money, far from being the root of all evil, simply reflects the prevailing mindset of Hollywood, which is possibly the reason for the second film devoted to gaming the stock market in as many weeks. Dumb money. Hi. What's happening right now? It looks like there's one guy driving all the buying. What What? What guy? Ah. I believe his name is Roaring Kitty. Actually, dumb money depended as much on familiarity with social media influences as it did on recherche aspects of the American stock market. So after a while, it seemed as foreign to me as the Dutch language version of oink. Dit is knor. Nee, oh, dit wordt een ramp. Mom, alsjeblieft. Okay, maar er komen regels. The biggest, certainly the longest movie of the year comes from the man still considered to be America's greatest living director, Martin Scorsese. It's called Killers of the Flower Moon. 
move, said the great white father. There are many, so many hungry wolves. Martin Scorsese comes from the great tradition of classic movies and classic movie makers. He was never a Hollywood director as such. He described himself as an in-spite-of-Hollywood director. But he was steeped in the films of David Lean, Federico Fellini, Kubrick and Kurosawa and the great westerns. Can you find the wolves in this picture? Which is why it's only right that this most urban of American filmmakers should finally turn to making his own Western. When Scorsese was asked why make something as risky as Killers of the Flower Moon, he said, at my age, why wouldn't I take a risk? It's real complicated. Sometimes you got to do one thing even though you mean to do another thing. But I'm not in any kind of trouble at all. None at all. And the risk entailed reshaping what could have been a straightforward whodunit. As Marty says, it's more a who-didn't-do-it. Killers of the Flower Moon opens on Ernest Burkhart, Leonardo DiCaprio, returning home from World War I. Home being Oklahoma, where his uncle William Hale, Robert De Niro, has a job offer for him. Well, 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 our war hero has arrived. You made a good choice coming back here. Those days are the finest, wealthiest, and most beautiful people on God's earth. Hale is already a successful rancher, the self-styled king of Oklahoma, when the territory suddenly strikes it rich. And the luckiest people in the state are the owners of the land, the Osage tribe. Suddenly, oil wells are springing up all over the territory, all owned by the Osage. The Osage. They have the worst land possible. But they outsmarted everybody. The land had oil on it. Black gold. Oil, like gold, is a signal for chances and opportunists from all over the country to try their luck, including Ernest, of course. With no particular skills, he takes a job as a driver for hire, and one of the people he drives is a wealthy Osage woman called Molly. What was that? That's how you are. I don't know what she said, but it must have been Indian for handsome devil. (laughs) (laughs) As his uncle says, that's a shortcut to wealth. Marry an Osage heiress. All over the territory, white men are marrying Osage women because that way they get their hands on all that money in the fullness of time. But for some, in fact for more than some, the fullness of time is a long time to wait for an impatient man. This wealth should come to us. Their time is over. It's just going to be another tragedy. Osage people start dying for various reasons. Accidents, suicides, illnesses, and no one seems to be investigating these killings. They're tragedies, shrugs William Hale, but that's what happens when people find themselves with more money than they can handle. When this money started coming, we should have known it came with something else. They're like buzzards circling our people. 
And while it's clear the shiftless Ernest is probably tied up in some robberies that are happening at the same time, he's too lazy to work for a living, he doesn't seem the type to go in for murder. Apart from anything, he's fallen in love with Molly. I need you here. I am right here. You've got to take back control of your home. Unlikely as it seems, he's not only married her, he seems to sincerely love her, and she him. Molly, played by a wonderful actress called Lily Gladstone, is the sad beating heart of Killers of the Flower Moon. Her accomplishment, and to be fair, the accomplishment of Martin Scorsese and Leo DiCaprio, is that she makes us believe her love for Ernest. Why did you come here? I work with my uncle. You scared of him? Oh, he's a he's the nicest man in the world. The film is a daunting three and a half hours long, but there isn't a dead moment in it. The camera work of Rodrigo Prieto, the editing, the brilliant Thelma Schoonmaker, and the music of the late Robbie Robertson are all Oscar worthy. My wife likes her nice things, so not as much as you do. You're picking the fight with the wrong person. It's also the best I've seen DiCaprio for years. A man torn between the love of a wife too good for him and an uncle who might be the most evil character ever played by Robert De Niro. You want to make trouble, make it big. You gotta just you gotta tell me what you told them. All of it, what you tell them. I told them all of it. All of it? The worst villains are the ones apparently cloaked in virtue. William Hale speaks fluent Osage. He's a regular visitor to tribal meetings, assuring them there's no need to call in outside help. But everyone knows who's behind the many killings. And eventually, someone has the courage to do something. I was uh, sent down from Washington, D.C. to see about these murders. See what about them? See who's doing it. The original book, Killers of the Flower Moon, was told from the point of view of the newly created FBI. But Scorsese and producer DiCaprio realised that the real story lay in the relationship of Ernest and Molly, his weakness and her strength. You gotta pick a side. I don't even know if you love me anymore. Of course I love you. And kill these men who killed my family. It's a true story, and unlike so many crime stories of the time, the truth does come out, and some justice is served, if not enough of it. But the joy of Killers of the Flower Moon is the confidence, skill and sheer artistry with which it's made. Osage is dying by the enemy. Do not let them die alone. Evil surrounds my heart. And I love the unexpected ending, a final scene that dramatises the usual closing captions explaining what happens to the main characters. It's a daring close to a brilliant movie, Scorsese's Best in Years, a unique blend of scale, passion, anger, heart and soul. Don't do something you're going to regret for the rest of your life. I ain't got nothing but regret.
With the interruptions inflicted on the movie business by first two years of a pandemic and then strikes by actors and writers, the supply of Hollywood family movies has dried up a bit, which means that animated films in particular are coming from all over the place. So, what stopped you? Bunnies? Squirrels? The forest demons? <laughs> I am not a demon. I am Mavka, the soul of the forest. This year alone, we've seen animated features from Ukraine, Japan, France, Russia, and now a stop-motion tale of a pig called Oink, made in the Netherlands. Our heroine Babs gets a surprise visit on her birthday, her long-lost grandpa. Babs, meet your grandpa Tijus. Uh, from America? Live and kicking. I'm told the voice work is done by the same actors who did the Dutch language version. But that's the Dutch for you. Years of legalised dope, and they still speak several languages perfectly. Your biggest wish is going to come true. A puppy? Oh, great. Now it's time for my present. Well, the pronunciation is perfect. In English, oink is a bit odd, though. Grandpa deserted his family in mysterious circumstances, but he seems determined to endear himself to Babs with an unexpected present. There you go. that this is the most wonderful present that anyone has ever given me. It's a pig. A pig that farts all the time. So Babs calls it oink, and Grandpa gets out the banjo and sings the first of several terrible songs. Oink turns out to be incontinent in other ways, too. Babs' parents tell her that any pigs in the house will have to obey certain rules. Rule number one, oink is not to enter the house. No, 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 he's getting away. Rule number two, oink is not to enter through vegetable garden. Well, the first two rules seem easy enough. Stay out of the house and out of the garden. But the third rule proves impossible to enforce. <laughs> uh, rule number three, oink is not to poop anywhere. That's it. Oh, 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 come on! He's going to the farm. Do you understand? All you can think about is yourself. You can see why Oink the Movie was a big hit at home. If there's one thing juvenile audiences love, it's wholesale pooping by small, cute pigs. But then things take a turn for the macabre, an Italian butcher whose dream is to get Oink, put him in a blender and turn him into sausages. I'm in Marple at the King Sausage Contest. Who'd want to turn cute piggies into sausages? Uh, probably a butcher? What's going on if we suddenly found ourselves in a Roald Dahl story or something? And it might be worth keeping an eye on the increasingly sinister grandpa now. He's also started watching Oink with a hungry eye. If Oink could actually learn to behave well, he wouldn't break any more house rules. How are we going to train this little pig? Well, let's put the butcher and the grandpa to one side for a moment. Since Oink has proved to be porker non grata at home, there's every chance he may be sent away, possibly to an out-of-town butcher. So Babs decides to get him trained up at the local puppy school. Today, we'll show you guys the puppy exam. Do your best, Oink. <laughs> yeah! Spin, hit, slow. 
And that's the thing about Oink, it's crazy tonal shifts. One minute he's a lovable piglet like Babe, next minute he's pooping all over everything and everyone. Not to mention a scene that promises to see Oink ground into sausages before our children's very eyes. Oh no! Oink, here! You have to go, and I don't want that to happen because I love you so much. It's a Dutch thing, maybe, along with sausages and pancakes for breakfast, bad banjo work and an entire nation glued to their TV screens for something called Sausage of the Century. By the way, spoiler alert, some of the competing entries hit a new low in bad taste on several levels. Please, can we try just one more time? Hmm. No, I'm sorry. The cartoonist and satirist Tom Scott once coined the phrase fiscal moron to describe someone who, no matter how often it's explained to them, is never going to understand the inner workings of the market. Well, speaking as a paid-up member of this unfortunate group, it would never occur to me to plunge wildly on Wall Street, unlike the participants of Dumb Money. Holy shit. I will tell you, I've never seen anything like it. Holy f***. Is the craziest I think I've ever seen. Two or three years ago, a whole lot of fiscal morons decided they could make a fortune by following someone who seemed to know what he was doing. His name was Keith Gill, and he posted regularly on YouTube, calling himself Roaring Kitty. Everything OK? $11 million? What are you going to do? Get a Ferrari? What the f***? Oh, language, the baby's here. Now, before we go much further, a warning, or rather two warnings. First, there's an awful lot of casual swearing in the film Dumb Money, often courtesy of the always annoying Pete Davidson as Keith's deadbeat brother Kevin. And second, owing to my fiscal limitations, I understood about half of what was going on, and even less once they started diving into the legal ramifications of market trading. Yo, what up, everybody? Roaring Kitty here. I'm going to pick a stock and talk about why I think it's interesting, and that stock is GameStop. I love this guy. But one thing I did understand was the golden rule of finance. The ones with the gold make the rules. For some reason, the followers of Roaring Kitty have no idea of this yet, but eventually they're going to get a crash course from the stock market big boys. Retail traders have hooked into GameStop. I think they think it's a good investment. It looks like there's one guy driving all the buying. Who is this schmuck? Dumb money, man. Happy to take it. Keith Gill is a low-level finance guy who, in his spare time, goes on YouTube predicting market trends. He becomes keen on a small hardware company called GameStop. He calls it interesting. And his growing number of fans are interested because he's interested. 70,000 people watched this video. Kitty, I love you! If he's in, I'm in. If he's in, I'm in. GameStop, those shares not stopping. The stock is only going to go up. When they hit, I'm going to buy you a mansion. Let's drink to that. Roaring Kitty's appeal, as far as I can gather, rests on a cool name, an eye-catching red bandana, and a hang-in-there dangling cat poster behind Keith. And turns out that's pretty much all you need to go viral on the internet. Remember Gangnam Style? Wall Street is betting that this company is going to fail. 
if it fails, these hedge fund assholes make a shit ton of money. Keith himself has very little actual money. His followers have even less. Many of them are in debt. But one thing they do have is simple faith in Keith. They'll have what he's having. And up goes the GameStop stock. Wall Street must be seeing this, right? Holy shit. Holy shit. You should probably dial in. Holy shit. Do you have a minute? I, uh... Um... And the old guard of Wall Street are shocked to discover they're being outflanked by these dumb money fiscal morons. Dodgy hedge funds often gamble that companies like GameStop will go broke, not go through the roof. Babe, how much did we make today? Five million. How much did we lose today? A billion. And yesterday? Four million. And yesterday? A billion. Babe. Yeah. So at least I follow this bit. Battle lines are drawn between the elite Wall Street ratbags and the plucky little army of average Joe fiscal morons. And for a while, everything goes the way that Roaring Kitty followers hope it might. You got rich dudes pissing in their pants right now. They're coming after you. We need to talk about the GameStop situation. Retail traders always lose. <laughs> You've been served. Wall Street cheated. Surprise, surprise. Director Craig Gillespie did a nice job on another tortuous fact-based drama, I, Tonya. But dumb money proves more of a challenge, if only to keep up with what's going on. The message seems to be that a system designed to make small fortunes has been subverted by people out to make obscene fortunes. Possibly the producers, the Winklevoss twins of social network notoriety, helped with the technical stuff. You have to testify before Congress. The game has changed. What's the point of winning the race if you let some dipshit steal the prize? A lot of people feel the system is broken. The cast is endearing, though, particularly Paul Dano as the oddly naive Keith Gill up against the tide of capitalism. And Seth Rogen, Vincent D'Onofrio and Nick Offerman have fun playing the capitalists who take a beating for a while. The whole idea of the stock market is if you're smart and maybe with a little luck you can make your fortune. Certainly not anymore. There's no hope for the little guy. Maybe now there is. In the end, the story of dumb money was a bit like a good run at a Las Vegas casino. Lots of excitement, huge amounts of money appearing, being redistributed and then vanishing without a trace. And of course, the house nearly always wins. And on that reminder that what goes up must come down, it's time to go. I'm Simon Morris, and I hope you'll join me at the movies same time next week. I'm Nick Friedman. I'm Lee Alec Murray. And I'm Leah President. And this is Crunchyroll Presents The Anime Effect. We are a new show breaking down the anime news, views, and shows you care about each and every week. I can't think of a better studio to yeah. bring something like this to life. And yeah, I agree. We're covering all the classics. If I don't know a lot about Godzilla, which I do, but I'm trying to pretend that I don't, right? <laughs> Hold now. it in. And our current faves. And Luffy must have his due. <laughs> Tune in every week for the latest anime updates and possibly a few debates. Oof. I remember, what was that? <laughs> say what you're going to say and I'll circle back. You can listen to Crunchyroll Presents The Anime Effect every Friday wherever you get your podcasts and watch full video episodes on Crunchyroll or the Crunchyroll YouTube channel.